Welcome to a quest called Triba. This is the Community Guides podcast for Triba Business Community Discord. And today we have Tabalo Taurus. How do you say your full name? Say your full name for us because it's just... I'm going to give you the very Hispanic way. It's Cristobal Jose Torres Valderas. What a kick-ass name. So I was born in Seville, Spain. I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, south central Fort Worth. I went to uh, elementary school right by TCU. I went to the largest high school um, and oldest high school in Fort Worth. Uh, I, uh, I grew up there, so pretty Texan and cowboy at heart. They I joke around. We The joke is... Not even a joke. It's just a cultural <laughs> thing. But Fort Worth's where the West begins. So if you didn't yeah, know that, yeah. now you know that. We're putting I had no Fort idea. Worth. I'll put, no I'll put Fort Worth on the map. And don't say Dallas. Don't ever say Dallas. But uh, then I went to university at uh, Texas State University. I studied information systems. Um, I've worked in uh, uh, I work in the cloud computing industry. So I, I'm a solution architect by profession. I've also done a lot of um, market, self-taught markets and economics knowledge throughout the years as well. Um, so I'm, I, I kind of just coined myself as a system specialist or architect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so all things information systems, I've done big data, enterprise IT, digital transformations, uh, crypto enthusiasts and entrepreneur. Um, and then I'm also uh, the founder and run Yeetum um which is a a firm dedicated to revolutionizing information sharing and primarily we deliver deliver market signals intelligence as well as a variety of um other sort of macro information micro macro central banks geopolitics uh through our atlantis club and we're currently building a SaaS software yes to enhance the delivery of that so yeah that's a little bit about me yeah um I don't know what I should refer to you as on this on this stream. I probably should have asked you. You go by Doctor Yedem in the Triba community, but uh, what, <laughs> what should I call you? Just just Chris in reference. No, just uh, Tabalo. I mean, that's, that's uh, Tabalo. Family that's what, what I Tabalo. normally call you. Call Tabalo. Me Tabalo. Yeah. All right. Uh, Doctor Yedem's just an alias. So so so, so Doctor Yedem or Tabalo has been a crucial and influential member in the Triba business community. So he's been there since pretty much day one and even before that when we when this was just a concept in in my mind and a few other people's minds and uh we discovered discord had incredible potential for sharing information and he started synergy by Edom, which is uh one of our sister partner discord channels and that has been my go-to source for crypto stock analysis just signals any information if i have a question i'm coming and asking dr Edom or, or tabalo sorry to ball here so i just <laughs> yeah, wanted to express my appreciation as community leader in triba for everything that you've done and everything you've poured into the community i mean uh Tabalo's constantly creating content that's uh helpful for me learning about information learning about stocks as well as um just put putting it out there for free in our community so you can go to the investing articles or you can go to the news and announcements and see some of the stuff he's written great writer uh, i love reading the the or, or uh, peering into your mind, so to speak, when I read your writing. It's really cool to see. But I'm, I'm curious, like, how did you get started with Synergy? And, and if you can take us back on sort of a walk through the history and the timeline, all the way back to, like, early 2020 or, or 2019, what did that look like, and how did this evolve into a full-blown Discord community and, and business? 
Yeah. So to be honest, I initially, you know, and this is, this is definitely feeds into why tribe is so valuable, why it has a deep place in my heart and why at least giving back or paying it forward. So important. But I, uh, I remember, um, kind of on my ramping up of Yidam and maturing the operation and learning a bit more business strategy, startup strategy, entrepreneurship strategy. Uh, I ran into um, some Facebook groups that you had made about founders and sort of funneled yeah. my way into your uh, community metaverse. And it, that's probably almost been a little less than a year now, or almost a year. I think it was October. Yeah, yeah, it was November-ish. about this time. Yeah, and um, and I and I, and then I just remember, you know, running into you and Garrett, and not only feeling a warm welcome, but a very sort of it was very apparent to me, obvious, like the strategic uh, mindset about, you know, how do you build a business in the digital age? And mm-hmm. I uh, remember you sharing with me uh, Garrett's uh, book on gravity marketing, yes, and sort of me watching and learning how you guys built the discords how you guys were running the Facebook group and kind of the core concept of kind of Garrett helped me wrap my head around, at least for my business about sort of building kind of a solar system that gravitates to my company. Right. Uh, and then, and then that's kind of what gave birth to synergy. Um, and I, and, and through that, I built multiple distribution uh, channels for the information to, uh, to easily broadcast with the Facebook group. Uh, there's a Telegram, there's a Discord, I have te- iMessage, mm-hmm. there's a Snapchat, there's all these things. Uh, but it, 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 but the birth of that idea directly came from like learning from you and Garrett and just kind That's of awesome. really kind of listening and absorbing um, the strategies you've learned and employed to be successful. So at least to me in my own business and ever since I've started, I basically started that sort of gravity marketing concept at the beginning of the uh, year and Yidam's grown tremendously. Our web traffic is through the roof. That's awesome. You know, we got we got uh, six new clients within the past week. That's awesome. Um, and we're doing great. So I mean, we're That's growing. So cool you know, see. obviously, yeah. There's a lot. There's obviously a lot to do, and we're not in a place where you know we can um, where we're satisfied with our harvest. But right. uh, you know, it's 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 a process, and we keep going, and and it's really a testament to the work. You do, Sam, and what Garrett and sort of the other tribe elders have that at least have directly facilitated and sharpened my blade uh, as an entrepreneur. Yeah, those, so I, those tribe elders, man, they, they're they really helpful. They're all there to help you grow your business. They all love seeing other businesses succeed. And Tabalo is one of those. Jeremiah is also in here. He's, he's one of those. Um, these guys are all about helping businesses grow and build infrastructure and succeed in a digital age. And there's so many tools available that Discord was just the first thing we honed in on as the primary community platform, but it branches out from there. And and being part of Synergy, I've really seen you guys take what you've learned and apply it in really practical ways, just giving back, pouring into your community, adding value first, and it's paying off. And I love seeing that. I love seeing you guys succeed. I'm all about it. I love being part of the the, the club and getting the VIP membership and seeing the back end and how things develop, as well as just following your own personal journey uh, as a founder and as a business owner. I think that you're an incredibly brilliant person, Tabalo, and I, I probably don't tell you this nearly often enough, but I think you've managed to cultivate your knowledge and stay sane in an incredibly uh, fast-paced world of digital information and technology. And somehow you managed to 
run a discord and run a company and work full-time for for oracle and like i don't know if i'm supposed to say that but but like you're you're doing it all man Larry, <laughs> the, i would you know the the thing at least for me um when it comes to this information and digital media i think the most important thing and you know even something that it is a core pillar intended to tribe is that are it's not that they themselves uh, create value, but it's how they serve us and the human mm. experience. It's more about um, knowing how to use G Suite, QuickBooks, whatever you know, business software it is, email. Uh, and if you can, and if you can get more hardcore and learn how to code or understand a little bit more programming, then more power to you. But ultimately, this um, it's about sort of enhancing the human experience. It's about yeah. knowing that if we don't be mindful of that or vigilant of that, it will directly. Um, have negative impacts and effects uh, on our human experience. Uh, and I think that's, you know, fairly self-evident to maybe the audience that's watching or listening that probably, um, yeah, the, a lot of toxic or sort of, you know, um, agenda driven or some sort of psychological negatively engineered meme or whatever it is, uh, doesn't help us. And, you know, it, it, it being mindful and at least aware of how these things work, uh, not only helps you defend yourself, but it helps you um, just understand the game that's being played in this day and age. Yeah, I mean, that's what I think we tried to go for with Tribal was creating a place where you could dive deeper without being overwhelmed with all the, the BS out there and all the noise. And I'm curious from your perspective what that's like. How You talk about these tools that enhance the human experience, but it also seems like it's so easy for our viewers, primarily, we, have, we we focus on a lot of founders, entrepreneurs, and uh, and students, and you know, self-taught people. And if they're diving deeper and deeper into technology, into these tools, learning how to code and program and apply that to their business, how do you maintain sanity through all that? Because you're you know you're, you're putting yourself in that box. You're exposing yourself to more and more technology, and at the same time, that seems to have a negative impact on our on our mental health. I'm I'm curious if you have anything to say about that. Yeah, it's a definitely a loaded question. Yeah. I think importantly, um, there's sort of historical context to taking a place. Uh, you know, throughout the 1900s and the Industrial uh, Revolution, um, you know, whether it was learning how to, you know, more efficient production in, you know, the Model T assembly line or whether you know, cotton mills were learning how to be highly more efficient um, and, and produce more output. Uh, the fact of the matter is that we've gained an edge in our tools to be able to provide more abundance and quality of life. Uh, but what that means is every new, you know, every great power or new innovation also has its equal and opposite effect um, with a more negative uh, uh, sort of spin to it. And it, primarily, at least for the information age, it's about um it's about understanding that uh although we are safer we are uh you know it's easier to get food it you know we don't have to worry about a lot lower survival needs we are highly overstimulated and this whole paradigm is a lot more sort of cyber based and psychological and mm -hmm. if we don't sort of pay attention to or mindful or about the fact that whether you're getting tons of Snapchat notifications, whether you're getting tons of Discord notifications, Facebook, you know, every app under the sun, every, you know, you know, every anything, it 
it, you have to be aware that these things are overstimulating you. So if you don't yeah. have sort of beyond the computer techniques, um, it's just sort of mental techniques of like knowing how to slow your thinking and, uh, you know, take a second to let go of thoughts and synchronize your thinking and your breathing. And, you know, how, having to cope with these things, it's a lot broader than purely an information conversation. So until those conversations integrate these schools of thought, and hopefully we can help lead that, and we will. Yeah, um, what we're trying to as do. Far as, I'm as far as I'm alive is we will, uh, you know, we'll definitely fight that good fight. But it's number one thing is to be mindful. We are naturally overstimulated. Our parents, our, and our grandparents, the boomers, they did not grow up in an, a day and age where, you know, a kid that's three years old or four or five years old, you know, is glued to an iPad. All they know mm -hmm. is an iPad or iPhone or apps. You know, they don't know the child development of that. Nobody knows. And uh, it really just plays into the fact that younger people and, you know, younger folks who have a bit more acuity to this kind of way to work and operate. Um, you know, we just have to pay it forward and being mindful is the number one thing. I think you're right. We are kind of leading that, leading that charge though. I, I'm wondering if overstimulation is relative or if that's something that we're all just going to have to accept that we're being overstimulated no matter what. So, so for example, I try to get people on discord, right? I got, I get people on discord all the time. I say it's a better app than Facebook, which I agree. I think it is. You have more. Uh, openness and authenticity and integrity on on discord it's easier to see through um, the facade a lot of times on discord but at the same time you're exposed to a whole new set of notifications a whole nother app uh, now how do you deal with that kind of stuff you know it, I, whoever it is you know whether it's me you you know the pope or you know anybody they, you have you have to be mindful of where your focus or your conscious attention uh, is being applied, and whether mm -hmm. who's in control of that. You know, it, it's a mm -hmm. big and deep question, and you know we can scratch at that as much as you want. But primarily, it's knowing, hey, if you're just consuming a bunch of junk that you know is junk, or you're just going mindlessly numbing your passing your time on anything, yeah, of course you're gonna get no value out of that. Whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, or even certain discords. So mm -hmm. it's about knowing that you have to sort of trim the fat on your your media hygiene and your information hygiene. It's like how much mm -hmm. stuff do you consume or apply your attention? And that's not to say, oh, you need to be a disciplined monk and you know go so hardcore and never you know have fun or let loose with your you know what videos or funny cat memes you like. But it's just kind of the idea that just be mindful of that because right. there's a direct cause and effect to your behaviors, your actions and your emotions because of these things. And that's just basic cognitive behavioral therapy, you know? So that's important. It's very important. Yeah. No, I mean, for my own sanity, I've have to start using focus mode, which they introduced on the Android. I have the pixel three, so I can turn off everything and it won't let me use it except for like three minutes or five minutes here and there. So sometimes I'll still check Facebook or check to see if anyone's, you know, tagged me in something. But even then, it's so easily, it's so easy to just derail yourself from what you're working on, what you're focused on. Yeah. And if you already struggle with that, if you're, if you're ADD or, or you're struggling to, to maintain focus, having all these social media apps, it's not helping you. You might feel good for a few minutes, but you're breaking your focus from whatever you're trying to accomplish at the time. So, I mean, I recommend people try that out and see 
that's one way we talk about this idea of media hygiene and i'm just trying to compile a list of ways like they have for medicine like the health uh the healthcare field right they have all these personal hygiene techniques and tips and advice and i want to compile a list of different tools people can use or even go through and see like all right am i over the top in my exposure to media am i am i overly saturated in things that are not helping me and have some sort of metric where we can measure that yeah and uh, you know it it ultimately comes to a question of privacy yeah <laughs> you know what date what data is being collected that you can measure the good and the bad and who controls it who owns it uh who has the rights to it the sovereignty of it ideally you should have you know you should be in control of everything that revolves around yourself um bottom line but the the thing you know at least for me is it's a catch-22 because hmm. you know in the way i work and operate is i have to use these devices so much to do the business i do so it's like yeah. you know my i'd be curious to see the world record of who has the most average iphone screen time per week or something like that and how much of it you know in a like a research way how much of it is applied to like you know, mind-numbing reels content, like that's the new trend and right. technology on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram. Uh, and even their algorithm, the algorithms favor that because it's like a short dopamine feedback loop. But how much of that is sucking you away from, oh, you, you know, you need to be spending time with your kid or you need to be, yeah. uh, you know, really working on your business or you need to be learning things that are going to serve you long term. Yeah. Um, so that I, I, the data is there. It's just you know how aware people want to be about data that <laughs> that will yeah. define how much, how far they can w are willing to understand or know or dig into because it's not an easy conversation mm -hmm. at all. And the move towards reels and these dopamine short dopamine reward loops is kind of disturbing um, from a per from my own personal perspective. Just to think that you could spend hours and hours and hours on TikTok, which, you know, I, I've been guilty of before when I first found TikTok, just you keep scrolling. It's like a constant infinity loop of dopamine and just entertainment yeah. that, that distracts you from everything else that's important in life. Before we had that, we didn't have, you had to actually do stuff with your life. You had to actually apply yourself. And now you have the option to just watch what other people have created constantly. I mean, YouTube kind of did that, but it was on a totally different level. And it was like, you had to actually search for good stuff and then they would recommend stuff and you'd go down a rabbit hole. And now it's like, you just one swipe. You can just use, do this all day. Yeah. And even, and even in the digital business world, it's like the new tool, you know, it's like, oh, what's your, you know, a TikTok marketing strategy and what have you. So it, that's a part of that catch 22. It's right. like okay, it's a new innovation in technology that if we don't understand it, it's not going to help us. But if we can at least understand it to the degree of knowing the the balance of polarization and toxicity versus productivity and, you know, serving the human experience, that's kind of the the balancing act mm -hmm. in the gray area of it all, really. Mm -hmm. So what are, do you have any personal media hygiene practices that you follow? I'm curious. Yes, I, 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 I watch endlessly chiropractor videos and steaks being cooked on Instagram. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, I actually do that. I actually do that. And I'm aware of it. Uh, <laughs> being aware, that's the first step. 
I don't know what it is. I just love. They get me with the chiropractor videos. <laughs> yeah, I just love seeing a good steak being cooked. You know, with nice little chimichurri or whatever they do. But what I uh, personally, what I've done or employed, um, you know, it's really, you know, it's and it's kind of a tough thing to think about. But like, how many of your friends and family you grow up? with that it's like they're you know what they're putting out there and what they're showing you know is just junk and garbage you know and it's like kind of that like oh you know all these people i grew up with on twitter or instagram it's like all your stories and all these things are just you know meaningless you know And, and um having that hard conversation and really just trimming the fat it's like you know you need value you have to create value and the only the only way to create value is to know value realize value see value you know be valuable and you can't be valuable if you're just consuming junk just like any diet of anything Mm -hmm. you know uh it's not even just purely information or media it's just kind of you know even from a nutritional standpoint it's kind of the same concept at least in a health way but you know that was something i did i you know I, i remember in twitter there's a lot of people that I th- they just didn't fit a line into like what I wanted to consume and know, or I didn't sort of vet as like an information source. I, uh, I guess that feeds my own bias because everyone has their own bias, but at least for me, I'm all about, you know, information data and like, at least like to believe I'm trying to chase and understand the truth. So, I mean, it, it, it's just really being honest about that, about, you know, who, who, when you, you know, when you scroll down the app, is wasting your time just straight up yeah do you block people then do you just no i don't block people i just if you know i just um it's more about following you know like discord like with triba and synergy and some other ones i'm in it's like there's deep value in them so i always try to prioritize it's really prioritizing you know it's like uh at least for me and how i work it's like you want to think of it as like an information pipeline you know it's like how are you consistently informed right how are you consistently aware how are you consistently educated um and you know of course you know there's you know facebook groups that are you know silly or whatever but there's also some that are very good about you know other things and um and even and just it's it's kind of the idea of open source intelligence and it's knowing how to just um procure a lot more valuable information and obviously that's like a it's a it's a core linchpin and pillar to yidam but in a broader Mm -hmm. context um it's just you know how do you at least balance seeing polarized political memes versus radicalized areas of the internet or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and just kind of staying level-headed staying grounded knowing who you are um and just being mindful of the filter, you know, the the deeper filters, like the inception filters that these devices give us, because you know these devices have proliferated. The that you know I can yeah. know something or you can know something at the speed of light, and it's faster than me running to my neighbor's house and knocking on their door, waiting for them to answer and telling them, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it's really it's pretty crazy. It is. It's a totally different world than uh, even our parents grew up in, uh, and in a lot of ways than I grew up in and you grew up in. Right? It's changing that fast. So, I'm interested to see how the next generation handles the information overload, because for me right now it's a struggle, and it's required a lot of personal searching, a lot of meditation, a lot of um, thoughtful consideration of how much am I consuming, which pipes am I going up to, and you know, putting up to my mouth to take information in. Because like you said, it's not always about 
blocking that person who triggers you or or avoiding that person it's about you got to be proactively searching for the best channels in which to receive information and if you do that correctly you will learn my friend if you do that wrong yeah. you'll be overwhelmed you'll be you're going to get worn out you're going to get tired you're going to be fighting constantly to try to just stay sane and, and make sense of it all right so, and it, at least for me i'm not a like a social media influencer or anything and i don't really care to be but i, I consider you an influencer not maybe not a social media influencer but you influence people you've influenced me to and you got to see yourself like that because you are an influencer we're you know it just we're preaching to the choir i i agree with you i guess i'm saying it's like why people influence is a big reason you know and yeah. you know you have to decide what's valuable and some people they just want impressions likes and kind of the really dopamine very right. shallow stuff uh, and that's a part of the internet, but I think we're, it's obvious there's a rising sort of need in the market about really valuable community, really human to human. This is this guy, this is what I do, you know, like, right. you know, just being honest and open. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, uh, it's not, I, a lot of it I was going to get at is a lot of social media influencers is they like to just block people or whenever they're getting trolled or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying don't do that, but what I am saying is you have to understand when you, if someone gives you, if someone has control over what they say or what they do, whether it's cyber or physical, that penetrates your emotions or hits a trauma trigger or riles you up, you're giving them power. Yeah. You give them power by just the reaction. Um, so, you know, blocking is a tactic and a tool, but, you know. Uh, really knowing how to guard your mind and protect it at all costs. Like, you know, you could use more uh, meta and abstract uh, analogies like Eden or something. But at the end of the day, it's just your mental health. It's your brain. Um, and it's what you consume. It's your hygiene. Mm -hmm. So do you start off the day by clearing your mind and meditating? What's your, what's your morning routine look like? What's day in the life to follow my morning routine is i wake up usually i try to chug a cup of water uh, i've been pretty good about that some days i forget you know sometimes we're on the go and you know yeah, yeah. change and and i'm also not very like an orthodox rigid person i do have my routines and right know, kind of the things i do to ground me and stuff but uh primarily i just wake up i'll chug a water uh, I'll drink my cold brew. I'll go to the bathroom like it, I'm sure everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> right uh, after the cold but, brew. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, at least my work. It's very intense on the computer, whether it's mobile, phone, uh, meetings, uh, knowing how to, you know, programming or whether yeah. it's, you know, more networking or whatever. You know, it's very intense. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to deny the fact that there's a lot of work I do on these, you know, in this kind of realm yeah. of cyber. But it's. Uh, uh, that's just what it is. And, and for me to be able to operate at that level, um, and don't get me, it's not like I'm perfect all the time either. You know, it's like I fall off, I deviate just like any human does. And, you know, it's You're not still about human. being It's perfect. good to know. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> being at peace. It's a being, It's just being at peace with like your imperfections, the mind. And then from a routine standpoint, um, you know, you, like we all do, we have a schedule, we have certain stuff during the day. Um, you know, when you're running a company, it's not necessarily about, oh, what do I got to do today or this week? It's about anticipating four to five moves ahead, especially right. if you want to operate like a executive. 
And um, just knowing how to do that, um, you know, knowing how to, uh, you know, pull and push, you know, because usually when you're, you're managing stuff, it's always like sometimes things are more sensitive or, you know, it's not in alignment with the operation or the vision. And, you know, so it's kind of a balancing act of knowing, you know, when to use, you know, more pressure, less, being open and, you know, just and that and and that's even more of like a sociology kind of thing or yeah. just human relationships and stuff but the but the medium the channel is uh like right now how we met you know it's through discord and yeah. you know our computers and i mean you're a tribe of influencer now so you're you're influencing people in a very direct way where there's not I like to think there's not as much noise. I really don't think there's as much noise as there is in a lot of social media platforms. Um, there's still, you still can get distracted and go down the rabbit hole and lose focus, but you can search out the channels and the places where you're looking for information or resources, like the investing channel. I've Anyone posts questions in there, you're on top of that. Like you're answering those questions, you're helping them out, you're giving them tools and advice and pointing them in the right direction is really awesome you're influencing their decision process um i'm curious is there ever a time when you're like oh i need to go less digital here i need to go more more physical or is it pretty much like you fully embrace technology as the way of the future i'm a big believer in innovation and uh technology um and purely i think this sort of scale we have to innovate or uh, in be efficient with our systems and productivity is at orders of magnitude scale from even where we are at today to even to even just have a slight glimpse of hope that you know we could maybe overcome some of these long-term uh writing on the walls that i think is fairly apparent no matter your political paradigm mm -hmm. uh but um no i believe more in a hybrid i love mm -hmm. you know i love to, I, I enjoy outside the sun nature um you know getting my feet in the grass and the dirt yeah. uh you know human connection I, you know that's very valuable and the, the idea to just be isolated by your computer um and you just have your interactions online maybe it works for some people you know it's more of an introversion um but i you know we're at the end of the day you know we have more primate characteristics and you know we're pretty social beings you know we need we long for social connection and um i don't think you know, digital or the cyber method is the only way to, mm -hmm. is the only way that should be done. Mm -hmm. well, I'm interested when you're like making your articles, you write, you write a lot. You've got a lot of content coming out. It's, it's really incredible. And I want to know like the process of that when, when you're coming up with it, do you jot stuff down on notes or do you use Notion or do you have an app that you prefer? Just curious. It, uh, you know, it's just wherever I can start writing. Usually mm -hmm. I just get an idea and a concept and I'm trying to like organize um where my what my mind is telling me yeah uh, and just kind of document it and kind of wordsmith and craft it a bit more eloquently uh but yeah no usually if like you know i was on a long trek in europe and i just i things were just kept coming to me so i was like all right i'm just i just got my notes i just started writing um and then just kind of like filter it through a little bit of a process um uh, and then uh, but you know whatever works even writing down physical paper mm -hmm. i would say you know keyboard and computer or iphone is a better method because it's easier to save backup broadcast distribute mm -hmm. um and expedite it uh it's think of it it's like a metric called like time to insights it's like how fast 
from any given piece of information you consume or content you consume? Is it insightful or informative? Um, and an you know, at the metric. scale we have, and the scale we have to work at is just insane. <laughs> it's at yeah. the speed of light, and you know, wherever quantum stuff takes us, we have to keep up with that too. But uh, but yeah, that, at least that's kind of my thought process around it, and at least um just you know i'm sure we all have them like when they just start flooding um you know it's important to write it down not only from like a journaling standpoint and just kind of expressing it because you know expression is mission critical in mental health but also just you know just helps you organize it and document it and let it out because you know that there's a longing for these this kind of valuable words you know the living words of um you know very powerful things or concepts that you know i think we're all you know, starving, uh, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think that, um, especially from a mental health perspective, documenting the journey, documenting your thoughts, getting them down somewhere, really important. And I don't know if you want to get more into that, but I've found that for myself, just, uh, <laughs> I go back and forth between I'm a digital note taker. I do everything on notion or, or another app, or I take physical notes. Cause if I go, if I have a thought, right. It's like a multiple step process. I have a thought. I want to get it down. I go to the computer. I pull it up. Something else pops up. Someone's messaged me. Sometimes it could be just gone that fast. It's like a dangerous game to play if you have a really valuable thought. Sometimes I'm like, all right, just give me a piece of paper with nothing on it and let me write down. But then you also, you're you're extending that time, right, from initial idea to getting it out there and sharing it with people just a little bit. So it's it's like a trade-off. Yeah, uh, I know personally, I I usually do more the, I use pen and paper usually if it's more like weekly task oriented or just short term task. Um, it's just better for me. I'm at the computer just kind of, you know, right next to me. You have right. the list right here. I like that. I do that. But when it's kind of more overarching or, you know, content that needs to be distributed uh, to a broader spread spectrum um yeah i mean you just there's no other more effective way than you know digital so it's just I'm, what it is do you use ai for any of this kind of stuff we have the thumb ai and you know that'll that mines our market data and yeah. outputs our signals and that's our quant system and uh, you know we we can do a lot more analysis than any human can just yeah. You know, over over 700 plus stocks and like 18 plus crypto. You know, if you try to read those charts on that by yourself, right? You know, you're not going to be able to compete. Uh, but no, no, no. AI is a, AI is a good and powerful tool. Um, it's definitely going to grow stronger. It's like there's just so much data and information that we need sort of systems or methodologies to do it. Uh, mm. But I have I have seen a lot of the older crowd. They do like to use the voice assistant and just uh, like talk to their phone a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I did that for a while. I don't. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's like a, you know, the same thing as the other kind of things you've been talking about the trade off between privacy and, you know, ease of use and security. Uh, they, you know, Google, um, there's a joke. It's like, never trust Google with your data. Of course not. Uh, (laughs) but there's a lot of these metadata ad tracking systems that, that what they'll do is, um, they'll know you search on Google, you have some sort of parent metadata ad ID. Um, mm-hmm. and then it, like all the apps together, they'll know like who you're around, what network you're on, whether other devices you're on, 
who else you're around and they'll shit like they'll get you know it's so crazy how wow wet how well they mine your data but you know google itself you know google wi-fi is pretty good the network you know it's pretty easy to set up like google home wi-fi and it's pretty good you know yeah. if you want a mesh network that's pretty fast it's good you know i'm not you can't deny that uh and it's easy to use um it's a bit easier to know like a bit network home security or be mindful of but uh you just don't you know you just you just got to know, you know, it's like, you don't want to, you don't want to do everything with Google. Um, don't get me yeah. wrong, they're great with a lot of things, but you know, you just, you just don't want to, you know, will, you know, blissfully, uh, not be aware that, you know, they're obviously going to use all that data for profit and against right. you, which revolves around back to that attention and conversation about your media hygiene. Cause it, you know, it's they're going to give, give you an ad. Yeah, they're going to give you an ad. Yeah, they're going to give you an ad every, you know, they're they're getting data That's really every interesting. second and click. Think about. Yeah. So you're giving somebody all this data for free and all you're you're getting a lot in return, but you're sacrificing a lot of privacy and a lot of uh control over what you see. Right. And you know, and it's not like, oh, you need to be totally private and anonymous and, you know, that's certain people might care more for that than others, but in like a, in a common way, just a common kind of for the commoner, it's like, no, you just, you know, you just be mindful that, you know, all these tools, they're going to give you ads. They're just going to try <laughs> to sell you stuff. And when you click on the ad, you just, you just help them, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, like the amount of people I know when they search Google and they just click the ad cause it's first, it's like, I intentionally don't click the ad cause I'm yeah. like, you have to work harder for my, you know, for my, you know, that's what. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting how this will all play into like web three and, and tokenizing people's profiles and portfolios. What do you think of that? I mean, it sounds like we're sacrificing a lot of, uh, control over our own privacy. I think, you know, web two, uh, is the proliferation of centralized internet systems and information systems. And it's not that they're going to go extinct, uh, but it's 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 more apparent that if more efficiencies happen with like decentral organizations or DAOs um, or things on the blockchain that are, you know, more local community and merit based or project based or kind of like, obviously there's speculation in any market, you know, uh, you know, any where there's a where there's a will there's a way. There's always going to be someone trying to you know make a quick buck and at all costs yeah. and know don't care what they have to do uh and even in a big picture level that's what happens that's what's happening uh just you know extract all the capital systematically uh but the but at least in web3 you can choose you know like you can opt into a system that's like like uh like uh like brave browser and basic attention token it's like hey use our browser um, you'll get ads and stuff, but you're going to get paid for your, like the ads you watch. And then you get a reward in bat token, or it's like, okay. um, like ocean protocol. It's like, it's a web three data economy. And it's like, you can just, it's just a, like a decentralized data market that anyone can do. It's not some, you know, shadow data brokers in Silicon Valley, or you could, you know, or there's like more data sovereignty platforms where it's, uh, you know, that you can sort of protect and custody your own data and then you can sell it as you want, or at least you have the decision to and the ownership to, um, you know, with the technology. Uh, but, you know, that concept of decentralization, um, at least what's evident to me, it's far more efficient 
means of innovation. That and just sounds like you'll I, have more control over what you see then too. Right, and 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 that kind of feeds into the like fighting back or hacking your algorithm or your, you know what you know, like uh like say you're you know I, was, I actually had this conversation with my mom. She was like, I hate my YouTube algorithm. It's crazy. <laughs> And uh, like it doesn't give me anything different, and like it, that's typical radicalize people or like put people in their own hyper echo information chamber or bias chamber, or whatever it is. And yeah, yeah, you have to know that you can like click stuff that directly goes against what you're thinking or what you want, and your algorithm has to learn and have feedback from it. Um, and most people don't know how to escape that, but you actually do have uh, your conscious choice as a consumer on what you click and what you say and what you do is very powerful and that's yeah. the means of power that is you know systematically used against us and you whoever's listening hmm. that's interesting because there's a lot you could you could do to change your algorithm but a lot of people don't realize that they're even being that their profiles being developed in that way by everything that they interact with the platform uh I'm sure most right. most boomers don't. No they, idea. They have I, no... I mean, I, some of them are wizards. Don't get me wrong. A lot of them are the right. wizards that built this stuff we have today. Right. <laughs> a very small few, but there are that they exist, and they're you know very very you know you know very awesome, powerful, creative, smart people. But at the other side, there's a lot of people that they don't know how to reset their password. Or you know, I was dealing with a you know like an older. Uh, person in my family where it's like they didn't know how to reset their iCloud password so they, they would just make a new iCloud every time so they have like 20 iCloud accounts <laughs> oh like that's that. a nightmare <laughs> yeah but you know and, 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 and even you know even in the more serious way is the, they're preyed upon so they, they're yeah. prime targets for uh, cyber criminals and scammers and um, it's just you know, and they don't know it. You know, it's like they, mm. you know, they they'll get a text like, "Oh, your FedEx package is almost here." It's like, "Oh, click." You, know, you just yeah. don't even think about it. Yeah, yeah. don't even think about it. And then boom, you, you know, need to fixed. reset your password here. Click this link. It's like, "Oh, whoops, I forgot to do that." You know, it, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you fix that, but at least I think yeah. priority-wise, you have to educate the children. Yeah, um, awareness, awareness. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it, and that that also plays in on a, a larger scale the more people are aware of how closely their information is being gathered and tracked and monitored how easily they can it's be all being collected gathered and monitored yeah yeah but then how that's, that's being funneled back to them in terms of polarizing them and keeping them in a little bubble i'm right. interested to see what happens with idea market because i think that there's a chance to break out of that and if people stop like using youtube to find their news I mean, that's just like the worst way to find your news. YouTube's just going to give you what you want to hear, right? They're just going to show you yeah, what you're most I, likely to click on. Yeah, no, the idea market community and the concept, uh, very powerful. I, it's a mission and a fight worth mm -hmm. fighting. You know, I just, it's just how effective, because if you become a legitimate threat to Facebook or whatever, you know, for right. Amazon, you know, you, that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, be careful. You but, better be uh, ready. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, like example, Yeetum yeah. Synergy is like my my place to go to for for stock information. Like I'm not going to go look up stuff on YouTube. I'm going to come ask you, or I'm going to go post a question in there, right, and get a person's feedback as opposed to what pops up because of the algorithm on the first thing that I 
or the, whatever I search, the first thing that pops up. That's just uh, annoying to me at this point. It's like, I'd rather click on a link that somebody posted from YouTube than let the algorithm do anything for me. Yeah, and maybe, you know, at a human-to-human -human level or kind of the level where we do business, um, it, it, you know, it's, it, that, it, it's the best way when you have a trusted source or contact for anything. Mm -hmm. uh you know whether it's a plumber or a mechanic or yeah. well, advise you know whatever it is you know it's kind of that knights of the round table concept but um but you know even in the more dystopian sense it's kind of like well we're using discord right now um and you know all their businesses run on the internet you know i don't know the latest stat but last time i checked it was like half of the internet all runs on amazon web services oh. discord us talking right now is primarily data flowing through AWS probably, huh. and you know, it's like, what are you gonna do? You know, yeah. what are you gonna do? I was wondering if you could explain for for our viewers and for my own sake, like as simple as possible, the difference between Web One, Two, and Three. Uh, is that something that you can break down in like three sentences? Like, I, I you know, I can tell you my interpretation. I'm not. I'm. Not, I don't want to. You know, project. I'm the deepest. You know, most greatest greatest wizard of this but at least in my mind web one is kind of what darpanet was uh that was the innovation that came out of um sort of government and research facilities that needed better uh that's where the, the internet was gave birth to right. it was like okay we need to you know scientists or whoever they we need information faster we need to know right. how to like share information better you know i can't just wait for your mail or you know your right. your carrier pigeon to get to my house uh but that that in my mind that's kind of web one um, right. i'm sure there's more technical sort of meanings to it that might be a bit uh maybe not aligned with but like the but simplest two, layer the simplest layer right. connecting machines right and then that gave birth to the whole pc the mac uh you know you know early windows and yeah all those ibm computers way back in the day before our time uh, and then, um, you know, those were more mainframe systems. And then client-server technology came out, and it was the idea that you could have more distributed systems. Um, you know, you could you, you could sort of like do all the backend processing on you know on the server side. The client only needed specific application things, stuff right. like that. Um, uh, and that's where a lot of like companies like Oracle, uh, Microsoft, um, you know, obviously IBM a little bit. And, um, you know, even Amazon, that's where they came, you know, that's where they gave birth and Google. And it was like, wow, you know, this is an incredibly powerful way to, uh, you know, just, you know, just compete in the market of uh, software and IT uh, and mainly information systems that can bring this right to your front door. You know, it's like, yeah. like back in the day when I'm sure milk first came out, I was like, oh, the milk, man, that's like. You know, that's like a blessing, you know, to right. be able to have milk brought straight to your front door. I don't have to go to my cow and milk it and stuff. Right, right. Like, same idea in terms of market from the market. Um, and that's Web 2. So it's like centralized client server, usually servers, databases. It gets crazier architecturally, right. yada, yada. Um, and then it's Web 3 where it's like, okay, Bitcoin gave birth. And then it's like, whoa. You know, we solved the Byzantine uh, general problem and yeah. we have decentralized yeah. consensus and blockchains and like, you know, we can prove, 
you know, through like cryptography that certain things happened and we all agree on that this happened, mm -hmm. but it doesn't need to go through it like a central, you know, server or a few controlled computers by the powers that be. Um, and that's a big deal. Yeah. And then, you know, Ethereum came out and it's like, okay, well, we need more advanced and more capable ways to uh, make, you know, arrangements and, yeah. you know, contracts and, and binding agreements. And that's where smart contracts came into place. And long story short, now we're here in 2021 and we're talking about it, um, you know, in the markets, I think it's like, it's probably around 2 trillion, the whole market cap. Um, Crazy. You know, global, global stocks are over 100 trillion market cap stocks. This first stock exchange, I believe, was invented sometime in like the 1600s. And I'm sure there was people then that were like, oh, that's too abstract. That's not going to work. Right. You know, all this paper contracts are not going to work. Yeah, uh, but it did, and that was 300 years ago. So who knows where you know where we go from 100 to 200? But what's obvious is wow. it's just more. It's a stronger edge. It's more effective, um, and that's really the big picture around it. But more simply put, um, you know, what can the individual do, or what's the power to the people um, with these technologies? And it's right. like you can create me you can create memes. You can start your own online business. You're, you know, you can employ gravity marketing. Start your own community and Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, you can you can make memes just like a nation state does, whether it's you know, you know the Chinese government, the American government, you know the Dutch, British, Spanish, you know whatever. You, the individual can do that. You know, the, basically the same thing, because um, it's all the same memes, right? Um, right? And it has nothing to do with capital. It's about like building and creating, which is like the beauty. Mm -hmm. um, and just understanding that, so that that it, I I hope that might be overcomplicated, but that's kind of like my personal view of the evolution. I mean, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm curious to see. Do you think that stocks and crypto are going to merge in some way, or constantly be a se separate entities? Because I mean, I didn't know it was 300 years. I would have guessed maybe 100. 200 but that's a long time for people to be trading businesses like stocks so what what yeah, do you see I for mean, the future it, it like of the merging it, it, uh I, I mean stocks is one thing but it was trading like you know like i don't know if you've heard of the tulip craze of um i believe it was uh the netherlands you know they're trading oh, yeah like, you know yeah they're yeah. trading commodity there's more like commodities and stuff right. like that i imagine at first but yeah, yeah. yeah i mean there's companies doing that and ownership and profit and they you know it's probably so complicated and who knows what they don't teach us about yeah. all that, but they, uh, but, uh, um, no, there's definitely already <clears throat> emerging of it. I mean, I think what you're talking about is like a securities, uh, which is, you know, yeah. this, you can do all that on an ERC 20 token, um, and make smart contracts the same way you would build a stock or a company. Yeah. Uh, an example of that is Nexo. Uh, Nexo is kind of the European version of BlockFi, if anyone knows what that is. But anyways, they're like crypto banks, and they give you interest, and you can get like loans on your crypto and stuff. Yeah. Uh, who, who knows if that'll survive? Because you know, crypto is like inherently deflationary. So how do you give interest forever on something that you know is limited? Right. Uh, right. But anyways, but anyways, they they. Uh, That's so an interesting Nexo, limitation. Nexo doesn't have a stock. But they have a token that is actually a security, and it's a security because you get paid a dividend 
and a loyalty points for holding it that's a part of the net profit from their uh, loan portfolio. So like through smart contracts, they're like, okay, 30% of all our net profit goes straight to our token. Fee. Okay, so the token so itself isn't making money. They're making money on their own investments and paying it back to people who own parts of the company via these yeah, tokens. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean in like the The token's not making it's money. Just, it's like a, yeah, it's just an it's like a it's like a stake or a security in their business. You know, it's like yeah, is that the very, same way? Serious invest. Yeah. Do all of them? So so if you go on Coinbase, and I love having you on here because this is just like me getting the chance to ask you all the questions <laughs> I've had for Tabalo for the past like year. But if I'm on Coinbase and it's like, oh, you know, hold this coin and we'll give you point zero zero one APY, whatever. Like, is that the the coin's not making money, right? It's not based on how many people buy the coin, right? It's based on something else, physical. It's got right. It. The uh, um, I think you're are you? I think you're asking more about staking, proof of stake. Is that what you're? I, it 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 gets complicated real fast. Okay. But uh, not to get too complicated, but, but just like if you if you were to hold <laughs> something like Nexo and make money, that makes sense if they're investing it in something in real life, right? They're taking money and they have an investment that's growing. But if it's just a coin, like, how are people earning interest on coins? Um, so it's like liquidity farming, staking, stuff like that. So like what you're doing is like Ethereum 2.0. It's like you lock up and you stake your Ethereum uh, in a node. It needs at least 32 Ethereum to run one. But what you're doing is you're providing liquidity. So you're like, hey, I'm locking in my Ethereum an exchange, you know, through the smart contract and the program, mm -hmm. you get an incentive and a return to do that. Okay, so they're paying you to have um, so to have Ethereum available for trading purposes. And so you're staking your Ethereum uh, to feed the ETH 2.0 yeah. system, okay. and then, um, but there's others, you know, there's like Ave and all these other things, Sushi Swap, and you can just you just put your crypto in to feed liquidity. Like a money yeah. market, like it's just like a money market you would with uh in a bank, like a bank would do with your money. Yeah. So it'd be the same yeah, way it, you would just get a percentage of the transactional fee when it comes back around. That would be what they're giving you. That's how yeah. the interest through, through open source, through the part protocol, through the code, and through smart contracts. So it's like if you buy some crazy financial product from what whoever, yeah, they're not gonna tell you the inner workings of it, but right. that's what's that's why this is so powerful because it's like, oh, you want to trust it? Well, you can verify it. You know, you yeah. hear, look at it all. You know, tell us where we're doing wrong. Yeah. Show us a bug. Tell us how to fix or whatever. And but you can't do you can't do that with centralized structures or power, and especially when you got power, uh, politics and money involved. So true. Just what it is. True. It's so much different on this uh, on the open web. Okay, so question: Do you ever wake up? Is this a scenario that you run into, Tawala? Do you wake up? To like 20 friends DMing you like, Tabala, what is this? What is this new coin that just came out? They're uh, promising me this crazy amount of return. Like, should I buy it? <laughs> is that a common occurrence for you? <laughs> it's not. It's not crazy common. It happens every now and then where like some sort of market news comes out and spreads and they're calling yeah. me. But, uh, but, um, what do you usually do to find yeah. out? Like, if some if there's a new coin, like, how would you proof it? How would you figure out, like, sushi swap, for example? Like, how do you verify sushi that? Why would I buy it? Like the, 
so sushi swap you know i i don't have the exact numbers on hand but it's like it's the number two decentralized exchange behind uniswap and basically everything's built off uniswap anyways and yeah. then i know jeremiah is listening so he just cardano said i'm always messaged to follow <laughs> 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 so, yeah cardano and sunday swap and that whole decentralized application community is coming out so that's just what it is and it but if you want to get an advantage on it from like a like information asymmetry of the market you just have to know what you're looking for i mean cryptos or and all this you know software money computer money is a bit tough because it's, they joke it's like it's everything you don't know about computers and everything you don't know about economics combined <laughs> uh but but the way i i mean for whoever's listening and you're just trying to be a little bit sharper about instead of buying you right. know what's the new one it's like shiba floki right right or shiba, you know, that's what i want for my know, viewers personally i don't opt into those but uh but you just what you want to look for is you just want to know um just like in any you know like observing anything it's like okay you know what's the validity what's the confidence what's the integrity so that has to do with the white paper how technical it is um is usually a good indicator you know these things are hard to understand in nature um just because you know that's how it works and that's just you know there's a learning curve to it all so if it's too uh, but, if it's too technical or if it's too simple like dogecoin for example people love it people love the meme you know how to elon pump it but, right it's just a you coin know, why you know just why like what's the, yeah. it's the tokenomics it's like like um tokenomics it's that big why story and then why how what and it's like okay what's it doing how's it doing it and then why it's doing it and the why has to do more with the people in the project who's building it how robust is their community you know idea market's a good example of a very strong community and project and you know stuff like that and um yeah. just just kind of knowing how to it's just due diligence really it's like you know you can buy the hype or the meme um that you know some, that everyone's just aping into yeah uh but, but uh you know if you want to be serious and you want a long term, you need to think long term, and you gotta just. You well, that's know, what I respect really about you. That's what I respect about you. Is you've you've never been all about that hype, and like I get messages from hundreds of people about, or or not not hundreds of people, but hundreds of bots and and spammers <laughs> about different yeah. coins that are released and the hype and like oh you don't miss out on this value. You've missed out on too many good values and. And then there's Tabalo over here, like, make sure you have ingrained on steel your, your passcode and, like, you, you have your Ethereum saved away for your family. And he's like, take care of your family and look out for your future and make sure you have sound financial investments. And that's what I really appreciate about what you're doing is that you're, you're guiding people in the right direction. You are an influencer and you're a shepherd of people because you're helping them explore all this crypto craziness. It is craziness. It's madness how much has popped up in the last few years. And it's daunting to look at. Even to download Coinbase and to log in, it's like there's a whole list of coins there. How do I know which one to buy? I mean, and you look at Bitcoin, you're like, that's 50K? Why would I buy that now? It's, it's probably going to go down. But like, then there's yeah. people like you available to answer those questions and talk to people about it and give them some confidence when they actually want to invest in this next-gen currency. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't. I just don't like the idea of influence because it's like I'm trying to push you. Although I mean, that's obviously by nature. That's what. It, but it's really just being informed and educated. Yeah. And just having having a mental model and a methodology or a framework of how you your process. I like guide better uh, personally. Yeah. The word yeah, guide. Yeah, and and, it, and and mainly like 
teaching, you know, it's like teaching yourself to fish and eating the fish and like, okay, I need more fish yeah. uh, to survive the winter, you know, mm-hmm. just that kind of stuff. And yeah. um, I mean, yeah, I think that's a big thing to it. And, and like you said, crypto is ripe of scammers. It's ripe of, you know, a lot of fraud. There's a lot of crime. There's a lot of everything. Uh, there's a lot of darkness to it. Um, but you have to, you know, that's why you have to be so educated in, uh, you know, digital media hygiene or information hygiene. It's like, yeah. hey, if you get, if someone's trying to take your Ethereum or telling you to send them this or that, it's like, no, sir. You know, it's, yeah, it's like, it's just a scam. You know, it's like, I can even, you know, it's just, it's like, you know, you just need to know in people's intentions, you know, a lot of the, you know, there's more sophisticated people, obviously, uh, but at least yeah. the lower level stuff, it's like pretty obvious. And it, like, especially these Discord communities, I had to deal with it recently. It's like someone joins and then they message all your people, but you don't know until like they tell you. Right. And it's like, we need to implement some blacklisting. You know, I had that one friend get scammed out of a lot and people all message me about different scams and I have to go ban people in the community. I think it'd be cool to have some sort of blacklist that the the whole network of Triba and other communities shared so we could simultaneously just block everybody if they're a scammer or something. There's a big need for that yeah, right now. Se- yeah, there's security bots. Um, I can tell you when I use it. It's called Double Counter. So it's like when people try to use VPNs and stuff. Like that's an easy way to know like operationally they're trying to like protect or obfuscate their IP. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of honeypot stuff you can deploy. Uh, I mean, there's tons of tactics. Um, I almost feel like we need a whole about... series on this, man. Like, like media hygiene. I mean, <laughs> the media hygiene. The other one I thought of was the the um, shit coin or gold coin or something like that, where you just like go through. <laughs> well, I can see you like roll out of bed. You're just like, what is this? This is trash. This is so bad. Like, this is just this is a total ripoff. <laughs> I'd be willing to do it. Uh, you know, I, I'm da- You know, I'm always is open book. I'm willing, cool. whatever works, and and usually being more spontaneous and on the fly is like a faster way to create content than like okay, you know, be very rigid and everything. It's like no, just get it done. Just get it done. You should make a channel. Just tell people post coins in here you have questions about, and then you just go through there the best ones spontaneously. Do a little quick video on it. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I know there's a lot of Twitch streamers, trader streamer people, they do that, actually. Like, they'll be like, oh, can you do the chart on this or whatever? That's a thing. There's definitely, mm-hmm. that's definitely a thing. Yeah, maybe get into, like, some of the technical analysis, but uh, that's hard to do. Hard to do with some of these coins. Um, it'd be nice to have a place where I could go find out more information uh, on specific coins that I was curious about, but... I don't personally go seeking out stuff like that. I stick with the big ones and the ones I've talked to you about. Uh, if anyone is curious about crypto and investing in general, stocks too, I mean, not just crypto, go to Synergy. Go check out Zavalo's server. It is top-notch, number one. That's the one I, I stick to, go back to repeatedly. Jeremiah's in chat saying he's always messaging Tabalo about Carbono, about everything. Yeah, get in there. Is there a short link that they can do? It's just synergy.edum.com. Synergy.edum.com. Cool. Yeah, so anyone that wants to join it, uh, it's free. It's open. Yeah. You're not, you don't get charged to join our Discord. 
and join Triba. Uh, yeah. You have to join Triba first, and then you can. <laughs> if you're not in here, yeah, <laughs> definitely join Triba. Um, it should be in the link in the in this Twitch chat. Um, and then if you're in there, go to our partners channel, and you'll you'll find Synergy right off the top. Uh, Tawal is always always posting content in there, which is awesome. And I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to share a little bit about your journey and about uh, the digital media and media hygiene. So it's been very helpful for me and hopefully we'll get you back on and talk more about it at some point. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, Sam. And, you know, I'll do anything for Triba as far as I, my hands and eyes and my geek can go. Well, you're so, a valued elder, a valued elder for sure. And uh, a pillar of this community. So I look forward to seeing where we go in partnership and, how we can help people continue to survive in this digital media age and stay sane, stay safe guys. Remember, wash your hands and wash your eyes. Wash, <laughs> wash your mind. All right, that's all for today. Uh, we'll catch you again next week and be sure to stop in on Friday for the tribal council at 5 p.m. Eastern time in the discord. All right guys, take care.